Welcome to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Carol and I are excited to bring you another guest here in 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Today is the first episode of our four-part interview with Simon Miller. We've worked with Simon for some time now, both in his role as the technology coordinator for the Kellogg School District and as a member of the worship team at our church. It was so fun to sit and talk with him about the path that led him to be the creative teacher, musician, husband, and father that he is today. So here it is, episode one of the Dreams and Bones podcast interview with our good friend, Simon Miller. got Mr. Technology here this morning. Simon Miller's here, and we're so glad to have you here with us, Simon, because if the technology messes up, then I've got someone that can fix it all. Welcome to uh, Dreams and Bones, uh, our podcast on creativity. Um, I have to say that when, when I was thinking about Simon, I don't think of technology as being that creative all the time because, well, I just don't understand it. But the more that I thought about having Simon come in, the more I realized, wait a minute, he's an amazingly creative person. Uh, Paul, so, you know you know, my motto is tech happens. Oh, yes. So, absolutely. So you can interpret that in whatever way you choose. Whatever way right. you choose, yes. But we're going to just go ahead and get uh, started into our, our questions that uh, if you've been listening to Dreams and Bones, then you're used to some of this. Simon, let's uh, take a look back at your childhood, uh, all the way back to elementary school, middle school age, are there things that you can point to that shaped the creative person that you are today? I Yeah, and this question, I love that you started out with this because it sort of got me in the mind frame of re- searching myself going, am I creative? What Where did I get, where, where did I ever think I was creative or what got me kind of who pushed me on the on the bike um, without the training wheels and went you can do this and um, although Carol's mom was my favorite teacher that wasn't until second grade and in first grade I had a teacher by the name of Mrs. Smith and I think it's Daniel is it Danielson now yes um, Bev. anyway yeah. we had a, it was in the winter time and we had an art contest and I remember, I don't, I don't know if Santa actually came in. Mm-hmm. It might have just been the teachers kind of showed us this. It may have been the Rotary or it may have been one of the groups in, in Kellogg saying there's, a, there's some prizes for this. You know, we're going to have this art contest and the winner will, and they showed us these things that you could win. <clears throat> and um, the, the, the theme was just like winter or I'm looking at that blanket right now with the snowman on it. And it was to come up with a, you know, they give you the construction paper and scissors and glue and basically say, you know, you can you can have at it and create whatever you want to do. And I went to school with some pretty 
pretty smart as we all did and some pretty talent. What I thought, wow, they're just so good at that. What am I going to do? I'll never forget this. I, for some reason, and I don't think it was just because I was lazy, but I was going to make this snow landscape with a snowman on it. And I decided to tear my piece of white paper to make it look more like instead of that clean cut Mm -hmm. snow, I thought this is going to be really authentic looking snow. And I never, as a kid, you know, you go to all these things and and I was, my parents were into following wildcat sports and things like that. And I, I hadn't, I hadn't had this expectation I would ever win anything. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, yeah, that's, I'm not, this is an art contest. I'm not going to win this, but I submitted my thing. And I still remember there's, it's amazing to me that y- you can look back to where you were in first grade and there are those moments that are there, they're just etched in there. They, yeah. and they, I guess they made an impact. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I remember coming into class and Mrs. Smith coming in and the results of the art contest It's maybe a, a week later and it it may have been a day i don't you know when you're a kid it could seem like a week and i remember um they go third place and it's like uh you know like a, a tonka truck or you know something <laughs> something that somebody had donated from sunnyside drug or yeah. Yeah. um and i remember second place and you know it was another one of my classmates and then they get to first place and they go first place and they're gonna say the name and and uh they they've they kind of there's something behind the door and I'm going like, Oh gosh, this is going to be awesome. And I remember Mrs. Smith reading my name and I just like, you know, I couldn't believe it's like in a Christmas story, you know, when Ralphie's like imagining he got the A plus, you know? And, and I, when I come back to, she takes me over and opens the door and it's, it's a, it's a old runner style sled Oh my and gosh. it's the double, you know, like it's not just the single, it's the double, yeah. um, you know, with the red rails on it. And there's a name for that. I'm, it's eluding me, but yeah. uh, something flyer. Yeah. And I just remember, and my, my classmates, you know, my buddies were like, no way. <laughs> Probably one Simon won an art contest and he gets this sled. It was, le- it was a legend for a long time, you know, to have that sled. And I don't know whatever happened to it. To, to, to tell you the story, I probably have to check with my dad. It could be in my parents' garage right now, but mm-hmm. but that's the sort of thing that started with some creativity, and you know, all of a sudden, just somebody or just winning or being recognized or succeeding at something made me feel like you know maybe I am somewhat artistic. You know, no other kid, to my knowledge, just tore their paper. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the, the, also the part of the story. They said, well. It, it was somebody from the fire department or something came in and said, you know, here's how we chose the winner. And this person used the tear that they tore their snow and all my snowflakes were just torn out little pieces. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, you know, that was, I don't know why I thought of that, but I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of a cool thing. Um, the other one was more rigidly encouraged. And that was when I was in fifth grade band and mm-hmm. I loved music. I knew from the, from the get go, but I loved, I, I was motivated to be, to be good at it by Wayne Benson. Hmm. Because w- when I heard one of the flute players play a flat when they were supposed to play a natural, and w- when I saw Wayne kind of get animated, I was like, I am going to make sure I practice <laughs> and I'm going to play the right notes. <clears throat> and uh, so I kind of, my parents, my parents really played a huge part in that. They they encouraged me. They got me things that I needed because I, I, I considered the musical part really a, the biggest part of my creativity. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I have one more one more example for that question. I do remember, I don't know what I was doing at home, but I must have asked my mom a question. 
either do I have to do this or why do I have to do that? And my mom said it was, I still, this is another thing that I just remember being at that age. She said, you know, Simon, I think whatever you decide to do, you'll probably be pretty good at it. Mm. You know, like mm. she kind of, she kind of gave me a reassurance that okay. you can do it. And to me, it felt like, wow, how does my mom know I'll be good at whatever I'm going to do? <laughs> but then I remembered going through life going, you know, if, if I put my mind and my energy towards something, I can do it. So mm -hmm. my mom kind of, my mom and Mrs. Smith just kind of <laughs> got me going yeah. on the creativity. Very good. So a, a lot of the people that are going to listen to this uh, know you fairly well, but uh, for those that don't, fill them in a little bit. You were always a Silver Valley kid. Mm -hmm. Tell us about uh, where, what, what part of town did you come from, born, Simon? Born and raised in good old Kellogg over on, they call it, they call it Sunnyside. That's the elementary school I went to. They still call it Sunnyside. You know, most people that have lived here. I grew up on Mission Avenue in the, really the family, um, it was my great grandparents' house hmm. when they, when they came from, from uh, Harrison via Canada, via Italy, hmm. um, my grandma anyway. And so that was her parents' house, which became my parents' house, which is now my Aunt Mary's house, hmm. 503 West Mission. We just call it 503. And then <laughs> my parents, when we kind of started to outgrow that little house, we moved all the way across the alley, you know, about 50 feet away to the house my parents are currently in right now. And I moved a whopping, whatever it is, 2.3 miles out of town in Montgomery Gulch. And I think I left Kellogg for a whopping two years to go to the University of Idaho. <laughs> so I've been here for almost just basically my whole life. Mm -hmm. And am very thankful for that. You know, there have been times where you always wonder, what if? What if I went somewhere else? Yeah. Or what if I... Or there'd be more opportunities, and I'm I'm very thankful that uh, God kept me here. Mm -hmm. I think He really did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, going back to your your experience in first grade, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about. I've read this book by John Cleese, you know, one of the Monty Python guys, right. and he wrote a book called Creativity. And one of the things he said at the beginning was. When I was growing up in school, we didn't use that word. The mm -hmm. word creativity was not mm -hmm. a part of, you know, school. And we kind of talked about how when I was in school, you didn't, you learned the fundamentals of art. Mm -hmm. You know, you right. learned draw or color in the lines mm -hmm. and do this and do that. And, and I almost, because I think we're probably about 10 years apart yeah. or so. And just that... Almost that change in that 10 years of that you felt like, oh, I can kind of branch out a little bit. Mm -hmm. See, and I think in my era, mm -hmm. I think that would have been very rare for someone to do yeah. that. They would have done what was expected, draw yep. the white little snowflakes or mm -hmm. cut the paper. And, and just and even now, I feel like, you know, it's kind of whatever. I mean, I think kids have mm -hmm. so much more opportunity to just express themselves yeah. instead of, I mean, the fundamentals are good, and I think they still do learn some of that. But I think kids do have in school, and it, and just our culture in general, I think we are more able to kind of express and do. And I think that that is where maybe tech, I think tech plays a pretty big part in that, because when we were in school, we didn't 
we didn't we couldn't watch somebody playing the drums on a YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Right. We couldn't we couldn't watch somebody drawing. Right. Um, on a YouTube, or we couldn't watch so, or listen to someone's podcast and mm-hmm. hear how they were able to interact with people and and talk about how you know they enjoy creating and and sharing and I think and that's a, that that right now is a good part of technology and creativity. It can really give kids. I didn't. I had no idea. One of the one of the most popular YouTubers right now. I only know him on a cursory level, and I heard him on a podcast recently. Is Mr. Beast? I don't know if you've heard of Mr. No, Beast. No. But he he said he knew in high school, you know, he just didn't fit in and he didn't there were, his mom didn't want him to do this. And but he figured the YouTube algorithm out and he figured out why what made people watch longer. And and <laughs> he even to this day, he talks about every day he gets up, he he just loves what he does. And he said that wouldn't have been possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. wouldn't have been possible yeah. in our era. Right. And right. who knows what what he would have done. But now he's got like billions of subscribers and wow. and makes makes all this money yeah. you know with with being creative and mm-hmm. he is very creative yeah yeah so i think that's part it's 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 a little bit of the culture and it's a little yeah. bit of but i do think mm-hmm. the, the the ability to share to a bigger audience yes, yes. that and we, we try to we, that's part of the technology i do kind of like is i like kids having a bigger audience because it sort of is a better motivator than, mm-hmm. well, you should just do this because it's the right thing to do. And right. it's good for you to learn instead of if you could do this, like, and they get a few reactions from a family member that doesn't live in Kellogg mm-hmm. and they go, right. wow, somebody read my poem. Mm-hmm. It's um, like you. Oh yeah. You yeah. Know, when he, cause I'll post our blogs uh-huh. on, on Facebook and yep. he'll, and people will comment and he's like, Boy, I never even thought someone like yep. that would read it's my exactly, thing. That's, I was looking at that. Yeah, it's exactly, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it's ten or ten thousand. No, that's right. it, no. At, at the point right. of being a creator and and trying to grow that creative muscle, mm-hmm. um, it it doesn't matter. It's Mm-mm. it's it's the sharing and the interacting with an audience that really makes a difference. Right. Yeah. There you have it part one of our four-part interview with Simon Miller. Carol, it was fun to hear him talk about his wide variety of creative outlets. Yes, and one of the fun things I liked that he shared about was his winning that art contest when he was (laughs) in first grade and how he won that sled and he was so excited and and that he actually kind of went out of the box a little bit and tearing the paper and... And, of course, it's always fun to hear him talk about how much he enjoyed having my mom as his <laughs> teacher. Uh, but, yeah, it was nice to uh, to know that even from, you know, as early as first grade, he was encouraged in his creative pursuits. That is such a big part of what we're learning about creativity and how so many of our friends have gotten started over the years through parents and teachers in particular. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members and this month's podcast subscribers for helping support the Dreams and Bones podcast. If you have found us and you're not a member, but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.growmeastory.com where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Willem Roberts. Join us next Friday for part two of our interview with our friend and fellow creative, Simon Miller, on your Dreams and Bones podcast.